Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. If you have your Bibles, you can go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. I want to speak to you for a few moments about finishing the race. Look at your neighbor and say, finish the race. Praise God. Finishing the race. My wife is a lover of the Olympics. I'm not going to say what I said in the first service because I don't want to get in trouble. But she loves the Olympics. And one of the things in the Olympics is having the ability to finish the race. The track and field is so synonymous with crossing the finish line, crossing the tape. Whoever finishes first, they get the prize and the award. And the goal of every Olympian is to get the gold medal. No one, you know, the silver medal is great. The bronze is okay. And if you don't get a medal and you participate, that's wonderful. But ultimately, the goal is to get the goal. And we want to be people who know how to finish the race. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and the heart to perceive what you're saying. And I pray, Lord, touch your people and minister to them through the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of your word in the mighty name of your Son. Jesus Christ, we pray in all of God's people said, amen and amen. I want to talk to you about finishing the race. 2 Timothy 1.13 says this, it says, and when you heard from me, what you've heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. He said, you know, everyone in the province of Asia deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Oniferous because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. Everyone say, on that day. On that day, and you know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. This is the the letter of 2 Timothy. This is the last and final letter that the Apostle Paul wrote while he was alive. He wrote this to Timothy, who was his son in the faith. Timothy is a young man who got saved under the Apostle Paul's ministry when he was a teenager, probably somewhere around 15 years old. His mother was Jewish. His father was a Greek. And the Apostle Paul took him because he saw the promise. He saw the potential that was in him. Teenagers, let me say this. The Apostle Paul is probably, he wrote two-thirds of the, the New Testament, and he saw a teenager that loved God so much that he was willing to take him under his wings and carry him around the world to preach the gospel. Do not despise your youth because the Apostle Paul did not despise the youth of a teenager who he saw had the potential to be a great and mighty man of God. The Apostle Paul poured into the life of Timothy, and Timothy eventually became 
became the pastor of the church of Ephesus, which was probably the most influential church in the New Testament. From the church of Ephesus and from the city of Ephesus, the book of Acts said that all of Asia heard the gospel. They didn't have Snapchat or Twitter or satellite, but they had the power of the Holy Spirit, and they spread the gospel in a matter of two years to all of the continent of Asia. And Timothy became the pastor of the church where this missionary effort was launched from. But in the background of this happening, the apostle Paul is at the end of his life. He's in Rome, and Nero, the emperor, is the ruler over Rome. Nero would be likened modern day to an Adolf Hitler or either someone like a Vladimir Putin because he was a dictator. He was a wild man. He was a madman. And history tells us that that Nero was burning Rome to the ground and he was playing the fiddle as Rome was burning. That's how much of a madman and how psychotic he was. And Paul was in the prison only a, a short period away of being beheaded for his faith and for the gospel. And these are the words and the instructions that he gives to Timothy as he's penning the last words that he would pen here on the earth. How many of you know that when someone's on their deathbed or at the end of their life, what they write is something that's very, very important? And I want to tell you from the words of the Apostle Paul that he wrote to Timothy, I want to talk to you for a few moments about finishing the race, and I want to give you three simple instructions that Paul gave to Timothy that's applicable to us today, that if we follow these instructions, we will fulfill what Christ desires for us to fulfill before he calls us to glory or he returns again. So let me give you these three instructions. Look at the person next to you and say, finish the race. Praise God. Instruction number one, we must cling to the truth with the help of the Holy Spirit. We must cling to the truth with the help of the Holy Spirit. The church of Ephesus at this time when Timothy is leaving the church was infiltrated by false teachers who desired to pervert the truth. And Paul admonished Timothy to hold on to sound teachings and faith in Christ through the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you this. There will always be false teachers that will try to pervert the truth. And the way that you overcome perversion and wickedness and lies is knowing the truth. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and that the word is the truth. And, and Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So one of the things that Paul told Timothy is that you must cling and hold on to the truth with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We must continue to renew our minds with God's word and remain faithful to the truth. Listen to me. The Word of God is critical. When we are studying the Word of God, we are ingesting truth. And I don't want you to get your doctrine from TikTok, from Twitter, from Instagram, or Facebook. That's not the place that you look for truth, but you look for truth in the Word of God. And people may say, well, the Word of God was written by man. It was written by man who was inspired by the Holy Spirit. People who were pinning as the Holy Spirit was breathing life upon the very words that they were writing and speaking to them and telling them what to write because they were writing about Jesus Christ who was the truth and they were writing to the church so that the church could walk and live in the truth. Amen? Yeah. The word of God is inspired by God. 
and should be followed. And he was helping Timothy to understand that we don't chase fads that float through the church, but we continue steadfast in the word of God and lifestyle and in teaching. We are not to be people to chase fast, but we are supposed to live in the truth. Warren Wiersbe said, the remedy for discouragement is the word of God. And when you feed your heart and your mind in this truth, you regain your perspective and you find renewed strength. If you want to have a right perspective and walk in the strength of God, you must renew your mind with the word of God. Can I get a good yes and amen? Amen. The second instruction that Paul gave Timothy, he said, don't give up and abandon the call like some of Paul's companions. The Bible says in the last day, many will abandon the faith. One of the biggest things that we are fighting and contending with in these last days is people turning away from faith and God, turning away from what the church is called to do and turning away from the truth. It is a reality that we're facing. I remember Christian books that I read 25 years ago when I was much younger that those people today are not even serving God. Some of them have become atheists. Some of them have denied the faith because they took their eyes off of Jesus. They stopped walking in the truth and they abandoned the faith. But I'm going to tell you this. They found nothing better than what they had because there is nothing in the world and nothing you can grab a hold of that is greater than a relationship with Jesus Christ and the truth that he brings into the lives of those who follow him. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 1.5 says, You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. The word desert means to abandon a person, a cause, or an organization in the way considered disloyal are treacherous. Paul in his greatest moment when he needed his friends to stand with him when he's in prison about to die about to be beheaded was abandoned by his friends but the one thing about Paul is not only did he stay true to his assignment but he was telling Timothy stay true to your assignment and don't abandon the faith like uh, homogenies and fragilis don't turn away Timothy but stay true to what you've been called to do and the assignment that God has for your life amen? amen my father raised me to be a professional football player and I was one step away from going to the NFL I had a full scholarship to college and people asked me years later John did you miss the did you miss football or did you miss going to the NFL and my answer has been then and to this day now the answer is no because I was not created to be a professional football player I was created to be a preacher of the gospel that was what I did but that's not who I was you will never be happy doing something that's outside of the assignment of why you were created. Amen? Many of us are trying to, come on, the law of attraction. You're trying to create your own world. and You're letting the universe lead you. You need to let the Holy Ghost lead you. And the divine purpose and plans of God for your life need to direct the direction that you go in in life. So many people are out of place and out of assignment. 
out of place and out of assignment. Out of place and out of assignment. You wonder why you're dealing with depression. You wonder why you struggle with discouragement. You wonder why you have to deal with all kinds of things because you're out of place and out of assignment. But if you would humble yourself and say, Lord, it's not my life, but I surrender my life to you and I'm asking you to order my steps, then God will put you in place and in assignment. Amen? There is a grace when you are doing what you were created to do. There's an anointing when you do what God has put you here on the earth to do. And if you sense a lack of grace, could it be that you are out of place and out of assignment? Are you doing something that God says, I no longer want you to do it, or I no longer desire for you to walk in this particular direction? I knew football was over for me. I knew it when I started having visions and dreams during the football game of myself preaching. That was the sign God says football is done. I'm moving your life in a different direction. Amen? And I'm giving a prophetic word to somebody. There are several of you that God's giving you visions and dreams for something different than what you are currently doing, but you're allowing the security of what you're doing to keep you in a place of disobedience. You're letting the security of what you're doing keep you in a place of disobedience because God is showing you the next stage and step of your life, but you refuse to obey him because you are secure and you are, your security is your God and Jesus is only second place to your personal security. You have more faith in your pension than you have in the one who saved your soul from hell. Whew. That's a word for somebody. You need to bring that to the prayer closet and say, Lord, I repent. Because you, you, you are my provider. You are my Jehovah Jireh. You are my refuge and my fortress. Not my job. I learned through Hurricane Katrina, you could be somewhere today in 48 hours. It cannot even exist anymore. Do you think the fires that have come through California over these last couple of years, that those people thought that the house, the job, the careers they had would no longer exist after those fires swept through? Nobody plans on the tragedy, and yet tragedies come. But if you put your faith in something that's temporal, then that thing can fail you. But if you put your faith in God, in the eternal word of God, in the ways and the will of God, then God will never fail you no matter what you face. And Paul understood prison is a temporary thing because my faith is in Jesus and this is eternal. And Timothy, don't put your faith on those things that are temporary. Stay true and finish the race. Amen? Here's a powerful quote. It says, never give up on God. He or or what he has called you to do. It may be difficult at the moment, but the difficulty is nothing compared to the regret of quitting. Mm. The regret of quitting may last a lifetime, but what you are going through is temporary. The pain you're going through is temporary. The struggle you're dealing with is temporary. You just have to not quit and allow God to bring you through to the other side. Can I get a good amen? Hallelujah. Number three, the third and final instruction that Paul gave to Timothy says, stay faithful and prepared for that day. 
Paul commended Onephorus for his faithfulness and prayed for him to find mercy on that day, the day he would stand face to face before Jesus to discuss what he accomplished for him during his lifetime that day. 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8 says this, and this is a powerful scripture. This is Paul summarizing his life at the end of his life. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He's basically saying everything that God put me here on the earth to do, I did it. Amen. Come on. Do you know how powerful it is to say, God, you called me, you created me, you designed me, you fashioned me to do this, and I completed everything that you wanted me to do. But let me tell you, the only way you will ever be able to say that is if you put your eggs all in the one basket, and that basket is Jesus Christ. Amen. People say you got to diversify. You don't diversify when it comes to the Lord because God is trustworthy, and you can put all of your eggs in one basket knowing that he's going to protect and guard that which you entrust to him. Amen. Amen. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never abandon you. Verse 8, Paul says, now there is in store for me. He's saying this is the reward that I'm going to get because I put my eggs in one basket and I finished the race. I, I fought the good fight and I kept the faith. He said, in store for me is the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who've longed for his appearing. Those who live their life to the audience of one and their desire was to love him, to know him, and to honor him while they were on this earth. He said their reward is the crown of righteousness. Amen. If you go to the book of Revelations, the Bible says that the elders, they take off their crowns, their, which is their rewards, and they cast them at the feet of Jesus. We will receive a crown for what we do here on the earth. What you are doing in these 60, 70, 80, or 90 years will determine the eternal reward that you will receive from God and that you will be able to give back and worship and honor to Jesus. So it is imperative that we steward well this life that God has given to us. Amen. I don't know if being Instagram famous, you could cast that before Jesus' feet. <laughs> I don't know if being a TikTok social media influencer, you can cast that back at the feet of Jesus. I don't know if you've been bling blinged out and having all the ice on your fingers and on your chest. For those who don't know, that means having a lot of jewelry that shines probably like diamonds. If you bling blinged out, if you can cast that before Jesus. But what you can cast before the feet of Jesus is a life well lived to the glory of God that you say, Lord, I live my life that I could honor you and I take the rewards of that and I lay them at your feet. That's something that you can lay at the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to declare this over you today. Six declarations. 
I'm going to speak them and then I'm going to have you stand up and I'm going to declare them. I want to declare over you that you will stay faithful to Christ all the days of your life. That you will not abandon him like Fajilis and Hermogenes, but you will stay true like Paul was admonishing Timothy to stay. I pray and I declare over you that you will stay faithful to the word of God. That you will know that God's word is truth. It is inspired and written by the Holy Spirit. Though men wrote it, they were inspired by the living God as they were penning the truths of God. That you will stay faithful to your assignment. God put every single one of us here on earth with a divine assignment. We are to complete just like Paul had an assignment he was supposed to complete before he died. You should not go home to heaven until you have completed the assignment that you have been given. And I want to declare over you that you will stay faithful to your spouses. Amen. The Lord says what he put together, let no man put asunder. And if you've gone through the difficulty of divorce, because I've seen it in my family, it's not to be condemned, but it's for you to contend and to fight for what God has put together. Amen. I want you to stay faithful to your families. The first unit that God put on the earth was the family. God has called us to fidelity to our families. And lastly, that you will stay faithful to the Lord so that on that day you may receive the crown of righteousness. These things are eternal. These things will last forever if we are faithful and true to them. Amen. Praise God. Stand with me as we close this service. Just lift your hands before the Lord as I declare this over you. Father, right now I pray that your people and those who are watching online and those who are in this building, that they would stay faithful to Christ. God, I declare and decree that you, Father God, would put a spirit of faithfulness to yourself, to your word, to your truth, and to the hearts of the people. God, I declare and decree that they would stay faithful to the word of God, that, Lord, the word of God would be their daily bread, Father God, that they would go, Father God, day and night, Lord God, and eat the word of God and ingest it and renew their minds by the word of God because it is eternal and it is truth. God, that they would stay faithful to their assignments, oh God. I declare, Lord God, that you would begin to give your people revelation of the purposes and the assignments that you've given to them here on the earth and that they would stay faithful to their assignment. Number four, God, I pray they would stay faithful to their spouses, oh God. Lord, you see the ones who are struggling and battling and the enemies attacking and assaulting the marriages, but I pray for fidelity, Lord God, within the marriage. I pray, Father, I declare and decree they would stay faithful to their families, oh God. Lord, the family units are the cornerstones of society. If the families are broken, our country will be broken. If the families are broken, our cities and states will be broken. But God, we declare a faithfulness to the family, the cornerstone of society, Lord God, that Father, you will release a spirit of faithfulness to the family. And finally, Lord God, let us be faithful to you so that on that day, the day of judgment, the day of reward, Lord God, the day of recompense, that we will receive the crown of righteousness, oh God, that we would have something to cast at your feet because we have loved the appearing of the Lord and we have stayed faithful to what you've put us here on the earth to do. God, I rebuke every spirit of unfaithfulness, 
And I rebuke every attack and assault of the enemy against the fidelity to these six things that you've called us to do. God, let us be like Timothy and let us be like Paul, those who finished the race, who fought the good fight, finished the race, and now have for them stored up the crown of righteousness in the name of Jesus. God, I bless your people and I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be manifested in their lives and your grace to be released right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may put your hands down. I'm going to give a final call as we close. If anyone in this room needs to give their heart to Jesus Christ, if you say, I don't have the assurance that if I was to die, I would go to heaven. I want to pray for you and I want to pray for your salvation. There's no reason why you should come in God's house broken and leave the same way. But as you've come into this house broken, there is healing, deliverance, salvation, and freedom for you today. If you say that's me, please raise your hand. I want to pray for you and believe God to do a miracle in your life. If you need to surrender your heart to Jesus Christ today, please raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Is there anyone in this place? that says this me I need to surrender I need to surrender I need to surrender anyone anyone praise God amen amen well father we just thank you God I bless your people and I pray for the grace and the presence of God to be with us and go with us. God, I thank you for what you've done here in this service. I believe that there has been a visitation for eternity in this room. And God, I pray that what you've done in our hearts, God, would go with us as we leave this building. I bless your people and I pray for the grace and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ to go with us, Lord. I pray that you bless us and keep us, cause the light of your countenance to shine upon us, Lord God. Let your face shine down upon us and bless your people this very day in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you. Give the Lord a good hand clap today. Be blessed. Enjoy your 4th of July and your independence and freedom. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night at 6 p.m for our corporate time of prayer. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you and we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.